Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. everybody, it's your host Clint with the Western Honey Hub Podcast, and it is a cold day outside, negative seven and dropping. I have been thinking a lot about my fall. I'm not really sure what that looks like. Got my Colorado Big Game brochure here. The sheep and goat one came as well. Uh, Wyoming has already had their elk draw or, or application period is over for elk, so that... That has come and gone, but all of the other seasons for drawing are coming up here pretty quick. This is always kind of one of the fun times to listen to the podcast Epic Outdoors because I know they've got a uh, good variety. They break down a bunch of these different states. But if you would, just don't go over there right now. Just keep listening. One of the best things you can do for my podcast is just to keep listening and listen all the way through. Uh, that always helps come some of the conversion rates and and engagement. So I'd really, really appreciate just a, a good listen. Uh, this episode will be pretty quick, so I'd love for you to, to check out what I've got to say. Uh, and my plan is for every fourth episode that I do is just a solo interview with myself. So it's not an interview, but just a solo podcast for myself. There'll be shorter that 20 to 30 minutes right in there. And then the other three episodes will be an interview of some sort. So try to create a little bit more structure. Again, working with a great organization, a uh, little, little father, no, <laughs> sorry, uh, husband, wife, company, uh, not father, daughter, not at all. Uh, but a husband, wife company that's helping me just, con they're consulting me a little bit and helping me do makes a couple little changes. So I'm even trying to bring someone in, someone that has, uh, some passion for creating content, someone that could work in the background a little bit, uh, maybe do some social media stuff, maybe do, uh, help with scheduling episodes, keep things organized, uh, help with the episode descriptions, help with search engine optimability, uh, all those sorts of things. So uh, problem is, it's got to be someone I know, someone I trust, someone that's willing to to work on something like that. So try to try to find that that individual um, and, and just advertising that, hey, I'm hiring for nothing. You get paid nothing as of now. Uh, that's, it's got some potential from what I understand. The monetization of a podcast is, has potential. Uh, so 
the little that I make right now, the very little that I make right now doesn't come anywhere close to, to covering the ex- monthly expenses. And that's all the goal is. Uh, but I do really want to expand my reach. Keep uh, keep getting some, some more listeners out there. It really opens up a lot of the opportunities that I bring you guys and able to create more content, able to have a website, a landing page for you to engage with what I got going on uh, and to, uh, uh, I can have better giveaways, that sort of thing. So really trying to not, I'm not looking at that as in a selfish way of, I want to grow, I want to have more listeners. That's not really the, the motive, but I want to have better guests. I don't want to get turned down by Chuck Adams. Uh, again, that was the big, uh, big guest I was supposed to have, but then he had to go shoot a world record. So I think he had too many podcasts that he was supposed to, to go to. So he turned me down. He told me yes. And then he turned me down, uh, which I understand. It's totally fine. Um, he's got to, got to pick and choose with, with his time that he has. Uh, so I really want to get some of those, those good guests. And I, I started my guest list of who would be my dream guests on this show. So if you got someone, uh, that you would really love to hear from, then throw it in here in an email. Um, I've done a post recently on Instagram, a little poll to see what people want to hear, but email is great or direct message is great on Instagram or messenger. Just let me know kind of content that you'd really like to hear. Um, maybe some of that content that you've heard in the past that you really like, maybe like a little deep dive on it. Probably time to hit a, a another shed hunting video or episode here soon. So I'd really like for some of that help to uh, to make sure I'm bringing good content for you guys. Because I don't learn who my listeners are, and I don't always know who's out there, uh, who's listening. I, I've definitely had a few uh, emails come in here and there. Um, sorry, Ben, got to reply to your email. I know that's there. Uh, you emailed me a couple of days ago, so I'll get back back to you on that. Um, just been a little crazy with the, the antler business, the podcast, trying to update and all that. So lots going on. And I know you guys don't give a crap about any of that. So let's get rolling with this. So right now, um, so that, that one in four episode, uh, just a, just me, uh, solo content with the focus of having, gear talks and preparation for the following season every single one of those is going to have something like that where you're preparing prepping for the next season uh and gear talks are going to be one of those hunting boots are what this episode's about hunting boots and hunting footwear just some of those things to learn from and i think this episode is going to be pretty timely just because uh we're starting to think about what we're going to be doing uh this is also a great time to make some purchases on gear you want to spread those gear purchases out so that they're not all before the season. So you can get your gear in time, you can break it in, and then you can learn your gear a little bit. Try to figure out, well, say this new gun I just got, uh, I need to figure out the exact scope that I want to put on it. I need to figure out, I need to do some load development. I need to be looking for the same ammo or supplying some of my, uh, one of my reloading buddies with the correct ammo to be able to, to reload for me, uh, components to reload for me. So I uh, apologize also if I'm getting really nasally here, getting obviously yet another cold, I'm really tired of that. So a little plugged up. But the uh, the thing is we're, uh, we're, we're 
time to to get rolling with our season planning and we got to get those boots broken in um, also you got to figure out if they're if they're going to be the right fit and if you got like a lot of boots like a one-year warranty on them or something like that you want to get them taken back if they're just not going to work for you so let's figure out what kind of footwear you need so there's definitely that boot that's in that three to four hundred maybe a little higher uh, price range they're really nice but not always necessary i've had quite a few different styles of boots i keep going back and forth between a quality boot and i go to a higher, lower quality higher quality lower quality uh and right now i'm settled on both a little bit like uh uh, a guy or a gal with a closet full of boots and shoes. Something that's going to fill every single need. The one thing I don't have a lot of is tennis shoes. That's always the thing I never have enough of. Uh, I always have like one solid pair and then a couple that are just getting ready. Uh, but hunting boots, got one for every occasion. Almost. I'm missing one set and I'll get to that. So some of the, the things you got to take into consideration besides the expense is uh um, what exactly you're going to be doing with those so if you are in some cold that's something to consider uh if you're going to be doing a decent amount of hiking what kind of side hill do you need to to do um the i said the weather but the temperature is pretty important uh to figure out uh and then the correlation between temperature and your distance that you're going to be going because there's some things you can do to make sure that your feet are warmer, uh, but you're maybe not going to be able to go as far. Or your boot is going to be insulated and warm, but it's uh, and it's meant for hiking, uh, not so good for sitting. So that's I've learned a couple of things on that. But your nicer nicer boots. The one one couple of benefits are that there are they're going to last longer they're going to fit a little nicer and they are going to be have higher performance so your waterproofing on those is a lot better and a little bit more of a mountain boot so let's just go with kenetrex crispy hanwag snays um uh, my buddy over at uh the western huntsman has jim huntsman i know he's he uh, has a has a boot company that he works with up there in Idaho. Can't remember what it is, but anyway, so lots of different boots like that, that are in that three to 400, maybe $500 uh, range. Very, very nice, but they're, they can, they, they each have their own thing. And I think Crispy and Hanwager, they just seem so identical. Uh, Kenetrex, I just, I, I just struggle with those. They they're, must be a really nice boot. They seem heavy. They seem bulky. Um, I don't know. I've never tried one on, so I, I can't I can't say anything bad about them. But I, I they're all generally the same. Typically, those mountaineering style boots uh, for a western hunt, a typical mountain hunt, say September, October, November, doesn't really matter. Having that that a little bit higher than ankle high boot. So it's like that eight or 10 inch, whatever it is, uh, boot is kind of ideal. Have that little bit more height to it than an ankle high boot. So that you're, and when you mix that with gaiters, it's money. Uh, and, and it just helps with being a little, little lighter weight. You don't want big, tall boots. Um, in September, it is kind of nice to have just an ankle high boot. So, but if if budget is the thing, I am looking at a pair of those 
10 inch high or whatever boots, uh, just over ankle and uninsulated. Then a pair of insulated or mountaineering boot. Uh, and then a pair of, uh, what are they called? Not muck boots, but rubber boots, just a pair of rubber boots. Uh, and then it's really nice to have just maybe a kind of a crappier hunting boot. So like, a uh, Cabela's brand, the store brand ones, even a set of pair of Keens. Um, those have their downfalls and I'll explain those in a sec, but, uh, it's good to have that. So here's my, my mix. I really like an uninsulated mountaineering boot, an insulated mountaineering boot, a pair of rubber boots, which I do not have yet. I want those. Uh, I'd love to have some that are like a 400 gram thin slate. And that'd be really nice now that I'm in a little colder climate to have something in the thousand grade, uh, for longer sits for ice fishing, uh, something to keep your, your feet a little bit warmer. And then the next thing, some sort of stocking option. I'll get to that. And then gators. Gators are kind of your, your important thing to, to change up your system and to, to help you go a little bit longer. So on these expensive pairs, let's go down the list here. Those expensive pair. Some of the benefits of having those nice mountaineering boots is you have a sharp edge. So on your, your pinky toe and big toe edge, uh, there is a sharper edge there. And having that stiffer sole boot requires a little less muscle to keep your foot rigid uh, and be able to side hill. Even the the simple stuff I hike here in South Dakota where it's not that steep, not that aggressive, being able to cut into the side of the hill really saves a lot of energy. It gives me some good traction. Uh, and those, I like a good stiff boot, something that's that's got some rigidity. Even walking through simple or on the prairie really simple simple hikes the only downfall to those is they can be louder uh, but if you have a boots off situation kind of thing that you're going to plan for doesn't matter because you're going to go to that option so i do encourage you those 300 to 400 dollars boots uh, for that reason being able to grab ground and go uh, that longevity is so worth it. The amount of miles that you put into it, it's almost like you need a season or two. Um, I even see the difference between my third season going in with my uninsulated Hanwag Alversons. Uh, those are just now like really broken in, but they're still waterproof. They still have all their performance. Uh, and then I've also taken care of them. I did that short little Instagram thing not long ago of all the boot care uh, that I do with those boots maybe once or twice a year and to make sure that they last a little bit longer so that's an important thing to do to make those those boots last long I think a hundred dollar pair of boots from Cabela's probably would have lasted a third of that time so there's your there's your money savings Uh, you can take a pair of boots back every single year at Cabela's and they'll just take them back um and you could spend a hundred dollars and do that. I don't know, two, three years. Uh, but it's just nicer to have a good pair of boots. It really, really is to have that good pair of boots. So I would suggest highly, highly to spend your money in boots, binoculars, and a pack. Those three things would be pretty solid. Get you, uh, get you going pretty well. So, uh, Next in those more expensive boots is the insulation. I 
run really warm and my feet typically don't get that cold. So I wear on the insulated, uninsulated boots quite a bit of the year, all the way till I get to November. Uh, then I'm running the, the insulated boots, the Hanwag Alaskan. Uh, but still, those are not that insulated. They they are supposed to be, but I still get my feet just a little chillier in there. And I think the thing is, is because they are mountaineering boots. So they do not, uh, they don't have the space inside of there. There's definitely a little bit more warmth or, or space in there for the Alaskan uh, than in the uninsulated. But there's uh, there's not enough room for that heat to get trapped in there. So and you get your feet wiggling around, toes wiggling around, get some good heat built up in there. So that's where those those uh, rubber boots would really come into handy. But if you're hiking more than a mile, I, I'm not going to be wearing rubber boots. They're heavy, but if you're tree stand hunting, uh, duck hunting, whatever, uh, I definitely think those rubber boots are the way to go. The test that you can do on some of these boots while you're in the store is really just give them a little flex, grab the, the heel and the toe and kind of push them together, kind of feel the rigidity and the stiffness of these boots, uh, to see, do you want a stiff boot? You want a softer sole boot? Um, that's going to be a preference deal. But if you can figure that out and try and do that to a couple of boots, try them on, and then go through seasons and seasons and seasons and figure it out. I like those. I don't like those. You're going to settle into a style uh, kind of like I have. Uh, I've kind of figured out what I really like, and I know exactly what my next pair of boots are well before these boots are even going to, going to wear out. So uh, the uh, let's go to these cheaper style boots. So you go spend 50 to 80 bucks. Those boots are junk. Uh, you might be able to find a, a pair on sale that were a hundred, 110, 150, uh, maybe a little bit more. You, you find them for under hundred bucks. I've done that. Uh, they're good for six months. That's about it. Uh, that water, you do not expect them to be waterproof. Uh, Keens are always a kind of a popular hiking shoe, but their soles are very rounded on the edge. And I find I just do not have the grip and I slip a little bit more. Uh, my dad and I were, were hunting and we noticed that he went out and bought a pair of boots and said, where well, we we're hunting and they're way better. It'd be able to cut into that, that mountainside a little bit better and was able to get around a lot, a lot more efficiently. So uh, nothing wrong with Keens. They're really comfortable, but they are heavy, heavy. And they just don't have that sharp edge to cut into the, uh, the side hills. Uh, but all your other store brands, I'm guilty. I was wearing today my Cabela's silent stalkers, uh, great for doing stuff when it's cold out. There's good room in there. I could put my big, thick wool insulated socks in there. I could put, uh, I have plenty of room for my toes to wiggle around. They're comfortable. They're just not gonna, they didn't last. Uh, I could, I could see when you, when you fold those boots, when you put, do that little heel toe test and you smush them together, you can see where the weak parts are of the boot. Do that with every single boot you buy. Give them that squeeze and see where those, those weak points are. Think about your boot. That's got to fold like that a thousand times, uh, thousands and thousands of times and where that is going to start to wear out. Is there a joint there? Uh, is there a, like a seam? Is there the rubber where it meets the leather or something like that that's going to eventually break? That's important to look at. That's why those stiffer-soled boots, I think, last so long is because they don't have the flex 
that creates that wear and tear on those those seams. So that's kind of what what I've found in all these cheaper boots. I've had a pair of a couple. I've had a bunch of compare, pairs of Cabela's boots. I've even gone to Danner's. I really like Danner's. I uh, haven't found one in a long time that I've really really liked. Definitely like the leather boot. That's been my my go to. But any of this Gore-Tex stuff, it is fine. Uh, but it's really tough to tell when that waterproofness is gone. You can't do as much for the treatment as you can the leather. And we got to just go for a real quick break here before we hit our last points. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. All right, last two things we got here. The last, this, this, uh, whatever, uh, this option I'm talking about here is, uh, was inspired by Ryan at Hunt AZ. He uh, kind of gave me the idea of throwing in some old cheap $10 Walmart moccasins into my pack. This is something I'm going to plan on doing a little bit better this year is taking my boots off and making some stocks. I just talk myself out of it all the time because I, hate cactus i hate needles or any stickers and all that in my wool socks it's really uncomfortable uh and it's a pain to deal with so if i had some old cheap moccasins right there easy to throw on over top and still be able to be pretty quiet uh, inexpensive uh simple option to allow me to be quieter that sounds like the ticket and from what i'm hearing from remy warren randy almer these people that are killing lots of stuff and and not blowing as many stocks as I am. Uh, they, uh, they all are taking their boots off. So uh, definitely a trend that's worth looking at and uh, just sucking it up and getting those boots off and get a little quieter. There are some stocking socks that are option. It's like they're wool things. They're expensive. Uh, they're, they're pretty expensive, but they're probably a little bit better for dealing with the stickers and everything so something to look at uh and the last little accessory you need to have with these uh, just about any season is your gaiters uh, i really like them for even september never know we're gonna have some snow uh, but the big trick with these is is to make sure that you roll your pant leg up just a little bit and you want your sock to be just above your boot I don't like to have my sock too far above my boot because if you catch some moisture uh, on your pant from above the gaiter, makes its way, wicks its way down and into the sock, and that wicks its way down that way. All that high-performance gear is meant to do the wicking. Uh, sometimes it can wick in a negative way, way you're not wanting it to into your boot. So if you can separate, break up that line to where it cannot wick the area into the spot you don't want, for say 
into your sock, into your boot. Uh, that's not sweat. That is actually wicking and moisture getting into your foot. So not a, not an ideal situation. So you can plan ahead by rolling up your pant leg just a little bit and putting that gator on over top and then leave that little space where your socks are, socks are, uh, just above your, your boot there. So good option for keeping your feet just a little bit drier. Um, but yeah, that's kind of some of my tricks on picking a pair of boots. I highly suggest, uh, going through uh, a few pairs. Uh, Shields is now carrying boots like crispy, uh, a little tougher to, to get your handle hand on a pair of, uh, schnees or some of those other styles that are, uh, direct to customer only boots, the Hanwag ones. Uh, I know there's a store in Denver, um, no limits archery carries those. Uh, you just got to go find those little specialty archery shops. Maybe some of carry those little, uh, who knows? <laughs> there's not really just little gun stores. Maybe there's that style around you. There's no just gun stores around here that carry footwear. Um, so check out some of those little local places, more sporting goods stores, uh, places like Dick sporting goods, not the place. I haven't shopped at Dick since they, uh, removed all their ARs from their store, but they, uh, they also just don't, they don't know hunting. That's not the, not the crowd. Uh, even kind of been a little more disappointed with Cabela's, Cabela's lately. At least their selection's a little better. Uh, but as soon as they mix with Bass Pro, I just struggle with Bass Pro. It's not, it's not what Cabela's was. Shields is such an awesome store. And any of you that are in the East Coast and the South, I don't know what you all got, but uh, there's definitely some options out there with some quality quality gear in any price point that you have. So it's just three to four hundred dollars is not what you are able to do uh, to go go the other route. It wasn't an option for me uh, years ago, and now that I'm a little bit more of an adult, not as a college kid or just out of college and get a little more settled you can kind of justify a little bit more of that three four hundred dollar boot every oh five years or so um so that's something to look into uh, but budget for it it's it's really something that's going to help you go a little further oh my big tip i always share that make sure you add uh, if you want to go a little further and you, you always have feet issues at a wool sock with a polypropylene lining that really, really helps some of that wear happen sock to sock instead of sock to foot, reducing some of that heat and friction. So that's my big tip for your footwear gear talk episode for our one fourth episode of just me giving you some tips and getting prepared for your 2022 season. So start looking at some of those uh, big game stats in the state that you want to hunt in. Start making your contacts. Start reaching out to landowners uh, if you want to get some permission. Do it now. Uh, start reading maps, getting to figure that out. I'm going to keep pumping out some good content that's helping us prepare for 2022 season from now on into the season. So uh, with a little other mixed things in there as well. So next week's episode is actually more on oil and gas and how that and wildlife kind of combine, come together and are affected, affecting each other. So, uh, that'll be with my buddy, Corey till then, uh, hope to, to read some emails and, and chat with you folks. Uh, again, I appreciate y'all listening and, uh, if you, if you would, please, if you like the episode, please give it a five-star review. Share with your buddies. Tell them to tell them to listen to uh, one of my good episodes. Send them to that one. Don't send them to the most re- recent one. Give them one that that is worth listening to. 
uh, that you actually really enjoyed. So again, thanks for all listening and we'll chat with you later. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.